Sports Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis McCord State Park Studio. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, Benjamin Woodhouse. We won't get, we won't beat around the bush too much here. We're going to jump right into it, talk about Ole Miss's series loss to UCF, uh, dropping from the number one spot, falling to number four. But first, we're going to start on a good note. Ben, your boy, Theodore Lasso, took home a Golden Globe last night. What a boss. What a great show. It's the best show of 2020, 2021. And one of, my favorite, one of my favorite season ones ever, for sure, of any show. I mean, if you go back and watch The Office, Parks and Rec, shows like that, they don't, they don't deliver in season one. It takes them a while to deliver. And while Ted Lasso, I think, is only going to have three seasons as of now, um, it it dominates for one for for a season one. I mean, anybody who listens to this show and has not seen it needs to watch it. The premise is an American football coach from Wichita State gets hired to be an English Premier League soccer manager um, by the divorcee of a billionaire in London who wants to tank the team um so it's got some a little bit of major league vibes but but not really i mean it's that's about as close as it gets to major league that type of scenario um or the setup it's it's just so good and good for him i mean he was so good at and and the second time and third time you see it the uh the writing is noticeably better than the first time through so it's just every joke has a consequence later in the season. Game of Thrones is really good at doing that. Um, but Ted Lasso, uh, 10 out of 10, five stars. That was going to be one of the shows I brought up as far as um, first seasons being really good. Uh, Game of Thrones season one was really good. Yep. Uh, some other ones that come to mind. I mean, True Detective, obviously. True now, Detective the, season one. Yeah. The other ones were different characters, but that one was phenomenal. Um, one of my favorites, Arrested Development season one's fantastic. Uh, Agree. Dexter season one. Um, yeah, it, that's a great point. Season ones are really hard to be solid. Um, I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time. That's just hilarious and silly and stupid as trailer park boys, man. Like the first season and a half of that is brutal. It is so hard to get into. I mean, it's it. a slog and, and so is, so is parks and rec. So is the office to an extent. Like you have office to season one was real dry. You have to push. And so, you know, you have to trust it. And Ted Lasso, on the other hand, like by episode three, you're in, you're like, man, this is, yeah, really good, and it's just his his overall positivity on everything. I mean, anybody who is struggling in life, anybody who needs a pick me up at the end of the day, you could put on any episode of Ted Lasso and be happier when you're you finished watching it. Very real Andy Griffith vibes there. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a genuinely wholesome show uh, mm-hmm. that that yeah just makes you feel good. Um, all right, so speaking of uh, the opposite of making you feel good, Ole Miss losing two out of three to UCF. Um, lose game one. Doug Nikhazy was not sharp um, once again. Well, you know, actually, I'll say he, he was he was pretty good. 
he, I guess, I, I, unfortunately for him, I say he's not sharp because the offense kind of stumbled out of the gate. But, I mean, he was he was solid. He pitched six and a third, struck out nine, scattered three hits, two earned runs. Okay, I take it back. He was fine. Um, but, man, uh, UCF's pitcher, seven innings, scattered six hits, six strikeouts, only one earned run. Almost really didn't have an answer for him. Uh, and then you kind of turn the page to the doubleheader on uh, on Saturday. Almost wins and extras um, in game one, comes back, wins it in the ninth. And then, man, game two uh, just had zero answer for UCF. Could not get anything going offensively. Um, I mean, the Rebels scored, uh, let's look, 10 combined runs over the weekend. Um, and look, UCF was a better team this weekend. Yeah. Um, and look, I'll say this. I mean, I thought Gunnar Hoagland and Derek Diamond threw well enough to win a game. Diamond got knocked around a little bit in game two on Saturday, but scoring only two runs against an AAC team, like you were saying before we started, if you if you want to be a top five team, can't can't happen. No, I, I completely cannot happen. And you know, it's this is one of those weekends that late you know, maybe late in the season this doesn't come back to come back to haunt you because you've done enough, you know, in SEC West play and everything to uh to overcome it. But you would hate to be for this series in particular to be the difference or this weekend in particular to be the difference between you being a top eight seed and, you know, number 14 in the tournament. Yeah. And it's, it was, I guess I, I, the, the, look, it's early. It's just now March 1st, as we record this, um, this baseball team's got a long way to go. They can certainly improve. They can figure things out. Um, we're going to talk more about that uh, in the second segment after the break. But I think for me, probably the one thing that I took from the weekend, outside of just losing, I just felt like that there, were, there was hardly any battling at the plate. Very quick at bats. Most of them ended up as strikeouts. Uh, to me, that's probably the most concerning thing. Um, I think we've gotten accustomed the last couple of years. Um, that class of uh, Greg, Greg Kessinger, Thomas Dillard, um, you know, that, that group of guys, Cooper Johnson, those dudes really, uh, you know, Cole Zabowski, those dudes worked at bats, saw a lot of pitches, fouled pitches off, really good plate discipline. Uh, and again, it's early. A lot of guys are being thrust into position to to start and to not only start but be productive. But that was probably the one thing to me. Um, a lot of three, four pitch at bats, um, not really challenging UCF at all. Uh, and and that's something that once you get into SEC play, uh, I don't know about you, but with the day off on Sunday, I had a chance to watch uh, Vandy's doubleheader and. Uh, I'll just say this, Ben. Kumar Rocker and uh, and Jack Leiter aren't going to take it easy. Uh, you know, Ole Miss has got to figure something out offensively. And, you know, because it's the seventh game of the season or, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh games of the season, 
we can sit here and say, well, it's early and we can give that excuse. But Ole Miss has 11 games coming up against very winnable opponents, games you should win. I mean, I think, you know, we said at the last uh, show, we we expected Ole Miss to sweep this past weekend. And if they played again, I would still expect Ole Miss to sweep um, as good as UCF looked. However, just because, you know, if Ole Miss is supposed to be a top five team in the country, you're supposed to beat an AAC team at home. Um, that being said, you know, the upcoming games aren't as good. The upcoming 11 games, the opponents are not going to be as good as UCF. And uh, for that reason, you know, Ole Miss needs to expect to go 10-1 and one or 11-0. and zero. These are – I would call these 11 get-right games, right? So yeah. you, you come out of that and you're 14-2 and two and you're all is back, back to normal and you're right back on pace – to do what you wanted to do at the beginning of the year. I mean, D1 baseball dropped Ole Miss just a fifth. I mean, it's not like the season is over. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you're exactly right. Ole Miss has got to – Ole Miss just has got to not only work work pitch counts and at-bats better, but has got to make pitchers pay when they miss. And Ole Miss, you know, right now, um, yes, the home run numbers are fine, but it's as if – you know, Ole Miss isn't stringing hits together. You know, in the past, you you mentioned Gray, Dillard, Zabowski, those guys. Man, they would, they would, uh, they'd string four or five hits together. You'd have runners on second and third, nobody out, and up two to nothing. Yeah, and you're still threatening, and that's how you win games. Is you have the big inning, you put mm-hmm. four or five up, and then the game's pretty much over because now that team's got to come back in. They've got to face Gunnar Hoagland for six more innings pitching with a five run lead. Yeah. And 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 as we all know, it's much easier to do than pitching when every single pitch matters. That's exhausting on a pitcher mentally, no matter how good they are. I mean it's just that's human nature. Yeah. Um yeah I, it's it's something that can definitely be fixed. Um you mentioned the eleven get right games. We're gonna get to those after the break. Um I will tell you before uh we get there we also want to remind you that we are in the Davis McCord State Farm Studios. Where can you get good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates at State Farm? Uh, Davis McCord is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Call him at 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. All right, hang tight. We'll be right back. Quick word from the sponsors, and then we will talk about those 11 get-right games. So hang on. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. 
Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe an anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out their rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, You can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, Ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion, talking Ole Miss baseball. Rebels sitting at 5-2, and two, heading into Tuesday's matchup against Memphis. That'll be today, as you are listening to this, at 4 p.m. SEC Network Plus. Um, all right, Ben, we're, we're not going to break down Memphis, but uh, you've got Memphis on Tuesday, Jackson State Wednesday, 
home series against Belmont, Alcorn next week, home series against ULM, and then you have a twofer middle of the week against La Tech, and then SEC play starts. So three weeks, three weeks, 11 games for this offense, for this team to kind of figure this thing out, see how they can piece this lineup together to try to figure out a way to to salvage this this offense that has really kind of sputtered um, over the last three games. Yes. Um, you know, you, you come out and you, you win games handedly, you get everybody's confidence up, get a bunch of guys, a bunch of at bats, try and figure out exactly what you're going to do with the lineup. I mean, Ole Miss doesn't have a set lineup yet. And, you know, Jacob Gonzalez is hitting like three or four different places already. Um, we don't really know who the full-time first baseman is yet. We don't know. There's just a lot. We don't know what the outfield, who's, who's going to play every day out there yet. So there's just a lot of moving parts and maybe you can get kind of get that hashed out in time for the first SEC weekend. Not only that, but you can get a bunch of guys some, you know, time on the mound. Ole Miss needs that as, as good as our bullpen is. And we talked about this. And as hard as they throw, and we talked about this last show, there's still a lot of young arms there. And so you get those guys time on the mound as well. You know, it's just like we said, it's 11 get-right games. I mean, that's a lot of games in a row where you've got a, the opportunity to get your guys mentally ready, you know, for the gauntlet that is SEC baseball. You know, the, the, the beauty of playing at an SEC school, in particular the SEC West, is you you have the ability to to play, and I don't know, uh, maybe they're not even doing divisions anymore as far as playing goes, but you get, there's, I mean, every weekend you're playing an RPI or whatever they call it now, net, whatever it is, top 20 opponent and or 10 opponents. So really, it, you know, it matters not as, I mean, yes, you don't want to lose weekend series to UCF. That's correct. But you can make that up and then some if you win 20 SEC games. Nobody even cares. Yeah. Right. I mean, you go 20 to 10 in the SEC and you're the number four seed in the in the draft, in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it, here's the thing. You, we, we could turn around in three weeks and be doing a show to preview the Auburn series and this Ole Miss team could be 16 and two. They could be 15 and three heading and we're into. Like, Man, I can't believe they lost that series to UCF. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I mean, think of it like this: in 2014, I don't know. I'm not positive. I, let me check this. 2014 Ole Miss baseball. This is good pot. 2014 Ole Miss baseball went to the College World Series. Right. Okay. That team went 48 and 21 by the end of the year. Okay. That team swept UCF. They won, and I get that. Ole Miss went one and two against UCF this year. On Friday, they won four to three in thirteen innings. On Saturday, they won five to four in ten innings, and on Sunday, they won nine to two. So it's not as if UCF was some pushover for that team either. Yeah. A, a team that went to the College World Series. I know that's a sweep, but it took two extra inning games to do it. I mean that's a big like this this week. Does it is it crazy to say on Friday, Ole Miss just you know doesn't throw the ball into left field and ends up winning the game by one run? 
in extra innings. And then yeah, because you, you, <clears throat> you tied up there with the exactly. Yeah, with was it done exactly? And so you know, and I get it. Ole Miss did throw the ball into left, or did not win the game, and that kind of stuff. I, I get that. I'm not saying that like oh, well, Ole Miss should have won the game. The point is, is like in a in a one run extra inning game, one play like that's the difference. So. So if 14 has these extra inning games, I think one of those games, Will Allen hit a walk-off home run. If, You're if right. Because I'm pretty sure I recorded it. Um, anyway, in point being is it's just so close. The game, it's not as if, yes, the last game uh, Ole Miss played UCF wasn't great, but um, it's not as if Ole Miss couldn't have gone 2-1 this weekend. And nobody would even be worried about it. Like, well, we won the first two games, but man, I wish we would have kept that last one close. I, you know, if anything concerns me, it's the fact that, you know, UCF kind of pounded Ole Miss one game. I, rather than lo- losing two out of three, it's the way Ole Miss lost the game that, that I don't like. Now, and, and before anybody, you know, wants to come in and say that we're talking shit about UCF or, you know, talking down to him is like, oh, well, Ole Miss should have easily, easily won. Well, you know, no. a, a year ago before everything shut down, this UCF team was 15 and three. And I think they brought back 20 dudes from that team. So they're good. I, they're I think, good. yeah, I think they're top, top three preseason in the AAC. It'll be them, Tulane and uh, no, in the AAC. Um, oh, AAC. Uh, I guess it'll just be them in, in Tulane. Battling it out up top. I mean, I don't. I can't think of is, any. Is UConn AAC now? Yeah, they are. But that's a good program. I can't imagine. What was they did the preseason rankings? Um, but I know Tulane was first. Or no, oh shit, totally forgot. ECU is first. Click oh, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'll it'll be ECU, UCF, Tulane. Those are the three that'll be battling for the regular season title. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a series loss. It sucks. And and look, I think it was amplified because it was a week after becoming the number one team in the country. I think everybody was bummed about that because immediately after being number one, you lose two out of three, but no shame in that. I mean, UCF's a really good club. Um, I don't think anybody's denied that. And if they, if they are, then they're fooling themselves. Um, you're right. So, I mean, it's it's a it's fine. It's fine. That's right. It's fine. Um, I know we're kind of talking around in circles and didn't really prepare for the pie. But one thing that impressed me about UCF is the fact that all of their guys could run. Man, they stole a bunch of bases. But even when they weren't stealing bases, they, you know, they almost beat out a bunch of balls to first base on like yeah. pretty standard fly ball. I mean, ground balls. So, you know, that's that's the sign of a team that's got really good pro potential players and because, you know, they look for that, oh, everybody in the pros can run. Unless you hit 50 home runs a year, you can run. And and those guys, not saying UCS loaded with draft picks or anything like that. I'm not even calling them Tennessee Tech from from a few years ago. But, but what I am saying is I do think that they've got they've got real potential – that looked like a host team to me. They're 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 borderline on that. I mean, they're good. There there's no doubt. They've got some nasty left-handed pitching that's going to give people problems. 
particularly Ole Miss, who's left-handed heavy, and um, and they make decent plays defensively. Now, you know, one thing about them it, it, to go counter to that is kick the ball around a lot late in the game. It's like they got tight and couldn't close out games, and uh, yeah, which I which I thought thought was interesting, but. That was the only yeah. time, though. I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were flawless defense, especially in the outfield. They Center played at a play great series. Yeah, I mean, they played with an edge all weekend. Um, and look, I thought about that a couple of times, where you know the pitcher was really animated with some strikeouts, and then you had some home runs where some dudes were about throwing their shoulder out of socket, fist pumping, and then you know you kind of remind yourself. Well, they're playing in Oxford against the number one team in the country. Yeah, so they're going to be already going to be a big weekend for them. But Ole Miss gets made comes off a three and a weekend in, in the biggest baseball tournament of the year, uh, other than the College World Series, and you know they get to Oxford and they they're playing with their pants on fire. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, hats off to UCF. Um, yeah. And look, I, I mean, mean I, they. I enjoyed the series. I thought they played good baseball. I mean, yeah. Yeah, what I'd like to see on this win, absolutely. But I mean, they played good baseball, and they capped off the weekend um, trolling Ole Miss back on on Twitter, which was fantastic. Yeah, that, was that was good. that was well done. Was <laughs> um, but yeah, so like Ben said, eleven opportunities to get right before Auburn. Um, by the time you're listening to this, Ole Miss uh, will either be getting ready to play Memphis or currently playing Memphis. However, uh, quickly you listen. Uh, and then they have Jackson State on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back to recap. Uh, we, we might just wait until after both Tuesday and Wednesday's games to recap heading into the weekend against Belmont. Um, I mean, Ole Miss basketball is is on life support right now. I uh, I literally we don't think Deshaun there's... Need <laughs> Yeah, we need Deshaun Ruffin. We need like three of him. Um, I don't think there's any way to get into the tournament outside of winning the whole thing. Um, yeah, there isn't tough ass to win, oh, to win four in four days. Yeah. Um, I mean, screenshot it, record it, do whatever you have to do. They cannot win the SEC tournament. Yeah. It's, uh, it's brutal losing to Vandy. Um, did them in though. Uh, but that's going to do it for podcast rebellion. Uh, thanks to Davis McCord state farm. Thanks to the rest of our lovely sponsors. Thanks to you, the listener for uh, tuning in and uh, we'll be back later this week to recap baseball and preview this weekend against the Belmont Bruins. So for Ben over there, I'm Zach. This has been podcast. Thank you all for listening.